You know, there is there is a big difference in in just going to church and um, and just just kind of doing the church thing and and then really having a life changing experience with the Lord. Um, there was a man in the Bible that had an opportunity to to take the Lord up on that offer, and he just blew it. He he just refused it. In fact, I want you to kind of read with me about it. Before before we do that, though, uh, you know, I I I'm really old fashioned. I mean, I, I'm just old fashioned, and and I'm proud of being old fashioned. But something God has been really dealing with me about, and this is like straight out of the. Uh, I just don't like this, Opie. But I want you to make it a habit. I know we have phones that have Bible and Bible apps and all that. But if you're a believer, I I want you to get in the habit of not just bringing your Bible to church with you from now on. But everywhere you go, you need to have the word of God. If you are a soldier, you need to have your sword with you. Well, I got it. It's on my phone. Well, here's the deal. People don't know what a Bible looks like anymore. And when you're getting in your car on Sunday morning, your children see that you are taking your Bible. And if you live in a neighborhood close enough where people see you get in a car with your Bible, and it just, it lets people know, but more than people, it lets God know that you're really serious about this thing with him called your relationship. I know you can, you know, I know we have it on the screen and all that, but, but listen, folks, it's just great advertisement for the kingdom. I know the Bible says the word your word I've hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. But folks, listen, one thing that I really admired about Billy Graham, and I, I tried to do this, is everywhere, all the footage you, you would see of that guy, he, he had his Bible with him. didn't matter where it was, he had his Bible. And that speaks volumes in itself. And if you have your Bible or your phone, or you don't have anything, but your eyes are working good. We're going to help you out. I want you to turn over to the 26th chapter of Acts. And we have a whole whopping one verse we're going to read. And I want you to follow with me as we read this. Because this is the word of God. And you know that heaven and earth will pass away. But this book right here will not pass away. It's the only thing you can bank on and count on is what God has said. And so we're going to read that, but before we read it, I want to pray first. And so I need you to pray with me because right about now, the enemy of your soul is doing everything in his power, and he has a lot of power, to distract or annoy you. Yeah, people get annoyed in church. Or or just make your mind wander. And so... He doesn't want this seed to be planted. So let's pray. Father, this is your word. It's not my word. It's not some book of this church, Lord, that we just read out of. But it's, it's your word, God. 
And your word was made flesh and it dwelled among us. And we thank you for the word. But Lord, we know that the word is the only thing that the enemy understands. And it's the only thing that confronts him, Lord. So help us to be so attentive and to hide it in our hearts and to rebuke and refuse any type of distraction or temptation in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. So let's read that scripture, okay? Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. That's, that's, it's really close. The word means I'm all right there at it, but not quite there. And this is what I believe is, has and still is plaguing the body of Christ is that people have had, like uh, Agrippa did, they've had encounters. He had an encounter with the Word of God. But he just didn't have that conversion, you see. And uh, maybe a better way for me to begin is explain it, explaining it to you this way. Let's just say you were to walk into a room with a billionaire. A millionaire is too cheap. Let's go for either a billion or trillion. You were to walk into a room with a billionaire who has a reputation for being extremely sympathetic and free-hearted and, last but not least, very, very giving. And you go into this room and you meet this individual and you have a conversation with him and you both spend some time together, but then nothing, and you know what I mean, nothing happens and you leave. Well, someone else comes in behind you, and they begin to talk with this billionaire. And this billionaire says, wait a minute, before you leave, I just have something I would like to leave with you, or you to take with you, and it's $50 million dollars. And so that person leaves, and there's kind of a difference there because the first person left in the same room with the same billionaire, and they had an encounter with the billionaire. But the second person that left, their life was actually changed. And, and from that moment on, it, it's very obvious that their life has been converted to some degree from their situation. And folks, this is exactly what happens and has happened forever is people have encounters with God, but they are not really converted by God. And see, conversion creates warriors. When you read the Bible, especially the New Testament, you cannot help but read the Word of God and realize and read all the stories and the accounts that, that once people had a true divine encounter with God, their lives were never the same. They were converted. Something happened. They just couldn't walk in and converse with him and, and it not change their life in some regard or another. And, and this is why so many people live defeated lives is because encounters do not cut it. You see, when a person is converted, and let me just go ahead and tell you what I mean by conversion is you're not the same person anymore. You've went to the cross. You've repented of your sin and said, Jesus, 
There's no way for me to be saved unless your blood cleanses me. I am doomed for damnation and hell unless I believe that you died for me and only you can save me. And when that happens, it's like, this is conversion, by the way. When you pray that and you mean that, it's like trash is removed and then the treasure that is there because that's what all of us are in the eyes of God. We are a treasure. The trash is removed. This is true conversion. And then the treasure begins to be beautified and people know it everywhere. King Agrippa, I'll tell you about this guy because Paul was kind of, he was always defending not really himself, but he was defending this way, the, the way, the way of the Lord, what, what this, this thing called Christianity. And he was, he had appealed to go to Caesar. Well, on his way, he ran into Agrippa. And he began to tell Agrippa all the things that had happened, how Jesus was prophesied that he would be born of a virgin Mary and he would come and he would be raised and he would... He would live and he would meet needs. He would minister to people and he would be crucified and buried and on the third day he would rise again and then he would ascend to heaven. And he was telling this king, this very prominent person about this account and it was so moving. Listen how moving it was. It was so moving that the king said, man, you almost persuade me. To be one of them, they're Christians. And you see, that's like the billionaire thing. You can get really close. You can attend church. You can go to Awanas or Bible school or Bible college for that matter. You, you, can, you can really be an integral part of a local body forever. But if, if you don't have... An exchange, if you will. If you don't have such a divine encounter that it, it, it transforms you and it converts you, then all it is is an encounter. That's all it is. And, and, and like Agrippa, so many people get really close, church. They get really close. They get all the way to the altar call and, and burn with conviction and maybe even bleed tears out of their eyes, but they do not surrender and just let God take the trash out and bury it and begin to do a great and mighty and beautiful work in their lives. They don't do it. And, and, and then we, we call the church or, or, or we, we try to find shows on the Internet or on Christian television. We try to get all kind of helps from all kind of resources and, and outlets and we bypass the real help. And that's being converted. That's tasting and seeing that the Lord really is good. Ezekiel, Ezekiel said it like this. He said, they come unto thee as people. Verse 31 of chapter 33. They come unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after covetousness. And folks, 
I just need to pause for a moment and tell you that this whole service today is not to be received or processed as a judgmental word from God or anything of the like. This is God trying to deliver His people to ultimate victory. You don't have a lot of time left before the return of Jesus Christ. And it's not God's word, nor is it His will for you to live it in defeat under the thumb of the devil in any form or, sin, or under the trance of the enemy. And the only way you get from that is to be converted by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a way that seems right to man, but it leads to death and destruction. You can't get there any other way. And people do it. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. And that's the only identifiable mark that you have that they are a Christian. Because nothing about them, their habits, their lifestyle resembles a conversion, an interaction, a life-changing moment with Jesus Christ. Nothing except for what rolled off of their lips. And see, people don't, need that people can't use that anymore people need Jesus Christ and they don't want what you say they want what they see that's why people seek out extramarital affairs they seek out money they seek out different types of religion they seek out trying drugs and all kinds of things because they have not ran into the only thing that can deliver and set them free. They may have been in church their whole life, but they've never been converted by Jesus Christ. And when you've not been converted, your mind, as Paul said in Romans, your mind has not been renewed. So if your mind's not renewed, then nothing about your life, your habits, your lifestyle is going to be. It's going to reflect a man or woman or people of sin. You can't fake it, but so long. Amen. You can't. And I hate to use this word, but some of you will get this. That poker face will only work for a little while. Because, see, somebody that you know is hurting worse than you are bleeding Jesus. And they're going to get to you. And they're going to see, you don't really have anything that can do me any good. Your lip service is not helping the situation at all. And people search and they go on and they go on. And let me, let me tell you why I go back to people that always live in church under the encounter mentality. Because, see, when you've not really been converted and you haven't had that life change then you have to depend on religion and rules. That's all you can do. Go to church, pay your tithe, volunteer, show up, pray when it's bad, reach out and read your Bible when you just need something right here, right now. There's no hunger and thirst. He is not the air you breathe. In fact, you're not even thinking about Him, let alone wanting to breathe Him. And when you live like that, then all you can do is what we say is go through the motions and carry out religious-looking things or live by 
certain rules that fool you and fool everybody else. But it's not a relationship. Rules and religion never have been nor ever will be a conversion. Listen to what Jesus said. See, Jesus really defined what I'm talking to you about this morning. In the fifth chapter of John, there had been a man that was lame for 38 years, and nobody would take him to the water. Nobody could help him out. Well, Jesus did something about it, and it just happened to be on the Sabbath, which was rules and religion. For this reason that Jesus healed this man, the Jews, religious people, persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because not that he had healed the man, but because he broke a rule and I grew up with people that look like they sat in between God and Jesus in heaven. They looked very holy. They looked very religious. They kept many rules, but they had the attitude, the attitude of a gnat. When you put them together, you get natitude of a gnat at a July picnic. It was miserable to be around them. And f- folks, I'm telling you that whenever you have Jesus in your life and he's transformed your life, then the only rule, the only religion you have is for me to live is Jesus Christ. And I'm living and the only thing you're going to see or get from me is Jesus and his response which I preached about a few weeks ago and the way he lived and acted and carrying himself out. And when you do this, you're going to upset church people. You're going to upset people that don't understand it. You're going to upset religious-minded people. You're going, to, you're going to upset rule-keeping people because this makes people feel good when they can check off all the things that they have done but never really embrace Jesus because I tell you this all the time. If you really want to please Jesus, you're going to be on your knees. You're going to have a servant attitude. You're always going to look out for what you can do for other people instead of what you can do for yourself. You're always going to be more hungry for Jesus than you are anything else because He is now the bread of life. And when you are converted, He's the only thing you really get full off of. If Jesus is not satisfying you and it's pleasure, it's money, it's the affirmation from other people, then there is a conversion issue and I need to bring that to your attention before the trumpet sounds. Because when you stand before the Lord, He is not going to ask you how many rules you kept. God is not going to say, man, you are super religious, enter in. He is going to look at you and look right through you and see if he can see the blood of his son Jesus painted all over your life. And if it has not occurred, it's too little too late. You almost got into heaven. You almost got into heaven. 
Let me tell you that if you have Jesus inside of you. Now, folks, if you don't listen correctly right now, you're going to get very confused and probably very angry. But according to this book, not my opinion or interpretation of this book, it is impossible for you to have this Jesus I am preaching to you about. It's impossible for you to have him in you and not living out and through you. It's impossible. If Jesus is not living through you and your circle, your family, your friends, and the whole world is not very, very in tune with that, you're just religious. You're a rule keeper. And you are in need of conversion. You're in need. Well, I got saved a long time, Opie. I, it's been a long time, but I got saved. Listen to me. This is not whether or not you've ever been saved or you are saved right now. It's about do I need to do my first works over again? Because, see, if he's not the bread, if he's not the heir, then what you are doing, you are just scathing through this life on rules and religion. Because people can identify servants of the Most High God. They are as obvious as if you walked in here with a pink outfit and a big orange made out of foam on your head. You, you, you cannot dismiss, and it's not like, and, and, and let me just say this. This is not really in the Bible right here, but it, it, it is a good, uh, almost a scary man. We were up in the mountains visiting Angie's brother uh, two days this week, and we, you know, downtown uh, Hendersonville, they have uh, things I know this is really going to just shock a lot of you, but they're downtown is like super busy all the time, and every weekend there's always something going on. Yes, every weekend downtown in their local town, and it's not Photoshop. It really happens. Not that all of it's good, and I don't. But anyway, we we went with my my brother-in-law. We went with them down there. Uh, just for a few minutes because uh, they wanted to go, but they have, like, hot rods there. And so, you know, I'm going straight to the 67 Camara, and all. I I'm looking at this stuff because my option is to look at the hot rods or to go over there where they have the band set up and all of the people dancing. And it's, we videoed a little bit of it because we might could win $100,000 off of it. And it, it was really very, very funny and very boring because there wasn't nothing but white people there. And they can't dance, y'all. And it was so funny. We were watching them and there was this lady, they said, and my sister-in-law said, we ain't been here in a year. And there was this lady, out of probably a couple of thousand people, that she wasn't like on the side, 
but she was up there where you could see her, and she was bringing it, friend. I mean, she was working it. And no pun intended, she may have been pushing 70, I don't know. If she wasn't, she's lived a hard life, if you know what I mean. But, but she was up there, and she was just wanting to get attention. I mean, you, you spot these people out. And I said, listen, if you're going to carry on like that, it, why, why is she back there somewhere? It's just very, very funny to me that, that she's right here, up front. And, you know, we saw other people doing this number with their phone. You know, they were doing that. And listen, it did not stop. And then there was another man there. And, and, and I really, I'm going back to where I just came from because I may get tickled, and that's not good. But there was another man there. And my brother-in-law's crazy, and the man's legs were doing like this right here, and he looked like he's about seven feet tall. You know how, like them old things, toys you could push on the bottom and their legs would do like that? That's what he looked like. And both of these people, you could tell. I don't know if they don't have cable at home or, or they're just starved for attention. But people, I'm telling you all of this, to tell you that people will do everything that is humanly possible to get Jesus, notice, not. To get other people to look at them. And it's the same way. But on a good note, the opposite way. When you are not a great dancer, or anything else, or you try, but when you are a converted believer, you don't have to work your way through the crowd, or go grab the microphone, or take a picture and say, Hey, this is me, by the way. I'm a Christian, I've been converted. When you have been to Calvary and Jesus has washed your sins away, everybody knows it. The Apostle Paul, when he was Saul, people of the church, of the faith, were terrified of him. But when the man met Jesus on the road to Damascus, they were still terrified until they saw this guy has had a life-changing experience with the same Jesus we had. See, he didn't have to advertise it, folks. He didn't have to do anything and wear T-shirts with fish on them. And he didn't have to wear a cross around his neck. It was so obvious that he belonged to Jesus Christ. And when you have a conversion, when you have an encounter with Jesus, it's so obvious and people know it. And you don't have to do anything to bring attention to yourself. So people do realize that. I'm telling you a lot of stuff. But let me read you a story. And... Again, you, you can follow along. But let me tell you how this religious rule stuff goes. It's found another, another gospel, Mark. And, and it's something that Jesus himself experienced firsthand. Then the Pharisees, some of the scribes, came together to Jesus. Now, for those of you that don't know, or those of you that are watching and wondering, these were church, these were religious people. We would call them church people. 
they came together to Jesus from Jerusalem. Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. When they saw his disciples not keeping the rules, they got tender. They got ticked off about it. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the traditions, traditions, traditions of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, talking to Jesus, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? This is what Jesus said to them. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this lips, this people, their lips is the only thing that honors me. But their heart is far from me. And in vain, rule keepers, religious people, in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside of the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and of cups, and many other such things you do. For the laying aside the commandment of God, that's what people still do. They lay aside the undeniable, transformative work of the cross of Jesus Christ. They kind of put that because it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. I've got to tell me no. I've got to look out what's best for you. I've got to push through and bear your burdens instead of telling you my needs. I've got to do all that, and that's what people do. They push aside real Jesus, and they want to just rest off of doing things that you're not going to give them a hard time about. And in your mind, you're going to say, well, they're, they're legit. They're the real deal. They're the Christians. And when you put aside that, you frustrate the grace of God, and you dismiss the work that Jesus really can do in your life and through your life. So that was a problem. Before I close, I want to talk to you about a very popular young man in Multitudes Church. Are you ready for me to tell you about him? He's popular because he's in the Bible. And I talk about him all the time because I believe he fits rules and religion as much as anybody. And he is a great, great mirror of today, a picture of today. His name is Rich Young Ruler. If you are a hashtagger, you need to go home and hashtag Rich Young Ruler. I'm trying to do better. This guy, the Rich Young Ruler, let's just let me let you help me this morning. How many of the ten rules did he keep? How many did he keep? He kept nine. He kept nine. G he said, good master, 
what, and I thought it was very, very interesting that he's not known as a servant of the Most High God, but he's known and listed in the Bible as a rich young ruler. He said, good master, Jesus, what do I have to do? Jesus, to have eternal life. Jesus said, well, you, you know. You got to honor your father and mother. You got to, you know, he went through the whole list. You can't bear false witness. You can't kill, can't steal, all those stuff. Can't he said, I've kept all those things you just mentioned from my youth. And Jesus looked at him very intently said, but one thing, one thing you lack, go and sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. You'll have riches in heaven. The Bible says he dropped his head and he walked away. Now, this you think this is just about money, but oh, no. He walked away. The Bible said because he was loaded. And he was so religious and felt good about it because he admitted all that he had done. But he had bypassed the very first commandment, folks. And that being, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You see, he was very religious. He kept all of the rules. A lot of the rules. He kept them. But he bypassed and he, he had a relationship. The only problem is that he had a relationship with the wrong God. He had a relationship with the God of this world, with money. And see, you cannot serve two gods. You can only have one God. And when you break the first commandment, you might as well not even focus on the other things that you feel like you do because you are just a religious-looking, rule-keeping person. And a person that has been converted, they're not trying to hit 8 out of 10. They're not happy with 5 out of 10. And it's not just about the Ten Commandments. It's about pleasing God and fulfilling His Word and doing what He said. You want to be as close to Jesus as you can. You want to act like Jesus. You want to talk like Jesus. You want people to for even forget who you used to be because like Paul, you are so moving of your new personality, your new attitude, your new language, your new way of living, your new habits, your new lifestyle. And that's what gets people's attention where you are now. It's not what you used to be. I can't go around these people because they always want to dig up my past. Well, maybe it's because you have not convinced them of who you say you are now. And you can't fake it. I want to I tell you this because I need to tell you. You, you ought to be encouraged by this right here. You are the absolute, no questions asked, best advertisement God Almighty has, hallelujah, on this earth. You are not a donkey in the wilderness. Not a big structure of a church somewhere. Nothing. You, 
your body a living obvious sacrifice in this sin sick world is the best thing God has going for him on planet earth the value of you I bring it up Ronnie preached it when we were on vacation we underestimate daily what God can do with us and through us so we just settle for rules and religion and God's got so much more than that church he really wants to kick it up a notch in your life he wants to kick it up a notch in this church but we've got to get our eyes off of what we think is okay and we've got to get our eyes on Jesus Christ because he's the only thing that God is looking for in our lives He's not looking for a form of godliness. He's not looking for a couple of the rules. He's not looking for a prestigious religious looking church. He's looking for somebody that looks like Jesus and only Jesus. That's what he's looking for. I want you to stand if you will. 5,000 people had an encounter with Jesus. On one occasion. And they were all fed. 5,000 people had an encounter. And they all received food. But they weren't all converted. They met that day and sat down in groups of 50 and 100. And they all ate. They ate so much food, there was leftovers. And they left. They left. We don't have a record that they had done anything more than have an encounter with, with him. There is, there is no, there's no evidence anywhere in the Bible or any book that these people, after they ate with Jesus, it, it turned into a relationship with Jesus. It's like they said, well, our stomachs is full. And we're, going, we're good now, sir. We're going on. Well, maybe Jesus didn't ask them. People knew he was the way. But all they wanted was just what he could put in their belly. And, and I'm guilty of this. We're guilty of this. As long as our bellies are full, we don't care how empty our hearts are. We don't care. And people are not going to find the way the truth, and the life unless they can find it in me and you. They're not going to find it. And like Jesus at 12 years of age, whatever age you are now, we've got to be about our Father's business. How can we expect the world, because we can talk about, and God knows we need revival. God knows we need our county has to be saved, church. Your family has to be saved. Has to be saved. I, I attended a prayer service this past Monday night in Charlotte. And the call, the cry was for people just to come together and pray for their families. I thought, when I got there, there was only going to be just a few people there. But it wound up being, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500. might have been a couple. Of, I don't even know how much room the place will hold. 
But wherever people will be hungry for it, and it was great. I mean, it was great because there was nothing, no agenda, but people that got it and understood we got to have Jesus. We don't need rules. We don't need religion. And I will say, because people will really tear apart what I'm saying right now, and just for people that's kind of struggling with this today, maybe you're wrestling with it. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to live the way the Bible says to live. Amen. End of it. It's not complicated. You're going to live the way he said to live. And we've got to do that. We've got to be hungry and we've got to say, Jesus, nothing, nothing's going to help me. Nothing is going to change us. But, but having a true, true, true conversion. The trash has got to be taken out, God, so you can start working on something beautiful. And I'm going to ask you something, church. Are you... At a place right now, in your own walk, you know, I don't want you to close your eyes. Nobody is in this building right now, but you, by yourself, and Almighty God, nobody. You, you, you see other people, but what God is saying right now is between you and Him. And we have to make our calling and election sure. And today, this may be another encounter for you. I know you are going to leave here in just a minute. And I'm, I'm asking you on behalf of God, the Spirit of God, are you leaving here with an encounter mentality? Well, I paid my tithes. I sang during worship. I prayed. And you'll do all those things. Or you're going to leave out of here with a true relationship with the Lord. And what I want to ask you right now, and this is where the struggle is, and this is where I just rebuke the enemy from, from fear, from your worry about what other people, by the way, I'm just going to say this. Ladies, men too in the men's. But on Wednesday night, when we were driving home yesterday, I listened with Angie in the car right now, media, to the study you're supposed to listen to in between and the one coming up. And I just sit there in amazement because what I'm preaching today is a lot of what that woman said on that tape. Tape. I'm still old. Wednesday night. This coming Wednesday night. God wants a relationship, and you were missing out. And I tell, and people ask me about where so and so in church. How how long's it been, blah? folks? All I can do is pray and prepare and open the door, unlock the school. That's all we can do at this point. You either want it, people are either hungry for God or they're not. And all I can do is pray for people and love them and be there for them. That's all I can do. You can't make Anybody do anything that's not in their heart. You can't. And right now, 
you're going to struggle. As soon as I get this statement out of my mouth, you're going to struggle because you're going to worry about what somebody else, even though I told you nobody's in the room but you and the Lord right now, you're going to worry about what somebody beside or around or even me thinks. But if you know, without any doubt or reservation, I truly, I truly need real conversion in my life. I just don't need to play with religion. I need conversion. I want you just to come stand up here at this altar. I'm not going to touch you. We're, I'm not going to do anything. I just, I've got to have that, Pastor. I, I, just need con, I just need to be converted. 